0: Hey, it's Heath. Welcome back to Keeping It Entrepreneurial, the podcast and show where our mission is to help you grow as entrepreneurs from any level we meet you where you're at. So here's a little bit about Dana. She's a serial entrepreneur and servant leader. She's been in the real estate industry for over 18 years in Central Kentucky, serving buyers, sellers, investors as a top realtor. Her team, Real Estate Partners 360, currently services Lexington, Louisville, and surrounding central Kentucky counties. Dana stepped into a leadership opportunity with Keller Williams back in 2015, where she was the top recruiter and growth partner in the region for two years in a row. She served on the regional team with Keller Williams, Ohio Valley Region, for four years as the area director driving growth for the region. Dana is currently the owner and the operator for Keller Williams Legacy Group in Richmond, Kentucky, and Keller Williams Consultants Realty located in Columbus, Ohio. She has formed a one-team platform to help elevate brokerages and agents with transaction management and marketing across the United States. Dana also enjoys co-hosting a podcast, Everything Life in Real Estate, which you can find on all podcast platforms, Dana recently serves as a business coach and speaker, coaching top entrepreneurs, real estate business owners, and leaders to experience next-level growth and bigger thinking. She splits her time between Lexington, Kentucky, and Charleston, South Carolina, with her husband, Adam, and their family. She enjoys reading, learning, traveling, boat days and concerts, or sporting events with family and friends. My list of accolades and accomplishments for Dana could continue, but let's dive in as we start our conversation with Dana Gentry Roach.
1: Welcome to Keeping It Entrepreneurial, the podcast where we unravel the tales of launching, scaling, and savoring success with your hosts, the king of b Heath Green, and the property prince, Josh Shepler. Come along as we share our experience launching and scaling a seven-figure property management business that we built and sold, along with candid conversations with remarkable entrepreneurs who've mastered the art of business and have an unbridled success spirit for entrepreneurship get ready to ignite your entrepreneurial soul and fuel your passion this is where we celebrate the hustle innovation sacrifice and struggle of building a life worth living this is keeping it entrepreneurial
2: okay well welcome I feel like this is number one like you have to be on here because
3: am I the first guest
2: you might be the first guest. Yes. In, I mean, this is
3: gonna yes. be one of many guess.
2: appearances. So okay. yeah,
3: yeah. But like to air, you think? Yeah, oh, yeah. Absolutely. You're the first guest to air. Well, I mean,
2: number, number one, I just want to. I just, my <laughs> <a> pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to list you as more of a co-host. Okay. Oh,
3: perfect. I'm here okay. for that. I Every, need one more
2: job. Free car flyer miles. Everybody knows you from the vlog, so yep. fairly, it was it just had to happen. Yeah. Um. So go into our first question. Heath, Um, we like to start out the podcast by saying we know at some point, like at what point did you know in your early adulthood or maybe like your childhood? Yeah. That you wanted to be an entrepreneur or that like
0: entrepreneurship was something that you wanted to go down.
3: Yeah. Okay. Good question. Um, I don't think it was probably childhood for me Mm -hmm. if I think, I mean, maybe I could probably think back to some childhood things, but I think for me, it was really in that, um, Let's see, I guess I, I'm terrible with years, but I, it was from like that <laughs> high school age. into It was when I worked at the tanning bed. Yeah. Um, it was back from the tanning bed days. It was good old wow. cabana rays. And crazy story. Banana rays? Cabana. Oh, I thought you said banana rays. No, okay. cabana out in Brandon Crossing. And I still have frequent dreams about that place because sometimes I don't let things go, um, and then I manifest them out into into my dreams. But it was definitely there and kind of by default because the lady that owned the place, her name was well, I guess I shouldn't tell, say who she is, but anyway, she I loved her. She was we can like, bleep it out. I, I that would be that would sound kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, she, I loved her. Like she had the it factor. Uh, she just, everybody loved her. She was so fun. She had so much energy. And when I went and got a job there, I just knew like, you know, that it was gonna be fun and I was going to wor- want to work for her. What I didn't know was that unfortunately she had a drug problem and she crazy story. She got like raided, and kicked in her her door got kicked in probably I don't know how long I've been working there maybe a year or so this is when I was spray tanning naked people this is when tingle lotion was a thing by the way oh, okay. at the tanning well, event
2: you're, you're dating yourself.
3: I know I'm dating myself he doesn't remember that I don't even know no it's, it's, been, it's, banned it's been banned since <laughs> Heath's time um she had a drug problem anyway was in a bad situation got raided she actually went to prison she was in prison with Martha Stewart and it
2: has been a great thing
3: actually. However, when she abruptly left, like her husband was still around, but he didn't know that much about the tanning salon. And so I took over completely running the tanning bed. And then later got partners who were like great friends of mine, and everybody we kind of did it together. But at that time, like I can remember. Um, putting the side, the end caps together of like all the product and all the lotions and like ordering the bathing suits and like making sure everything, you know, looked great all the time and like just making the marketing for it and all that stuff. And so I think that was really probably what catapulted me into like business ownership, entrepreneurship, and just knowing that I had like a talent in that area. And I loved it. To, I just loved it so much, and that was a, had been a, like a not great time in my life. So it took my focus from like mm-hmm. just negative things to like something to focus on, and gave me like a purpose for so wanting
0: to. I didn't to, see resurrecting a painting salon on your vision board, so I guess that <laughs> dreams kind of that door's closed. Well, they're kind
3: of out now. I mean, <laughs> are they? I mean. I mean spray tanning is not but at at this point I've spent so many thousands of dollars getting rid of sunspots that the tanning bed is a no for me. Okay. Spray yeah.
2: tanning is. Yeah. Um what is would you say the word that describes your your entrepreneurial journey thus far?
3: Oh my gosh. Like one word? Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. Um I I mean like unbelievable <laughs> probably. Yeah. So
0: why?
3: Like, why yeah, would it be unbelievable? Yeah, I mean, uh, like, believable because I definitely just am, like, my faith is so strong that I know that those things are going to be accomplished. But unbelievable just because I never would have thought that, like, I would have what I have today, really. You know, like, some, like you go back and forth and think, like, I definitely saw the bigger picture of things and and set goals and set dreams, but also looking back to where I was, you know, 20 years ago, um, no, it's just, it's actually, I mean, I would say unbelievable for sure.
0: So we oftentimes talk about, I know we've talked about it a ton too, about you pay for proximity um, and somebody that you consistently is in your life is John Maxwell. Yeah. Um, or I know a ton of entrepreneurs look to him, they read his books, watch his podcast or listen to his podcast or what that might be. What's the number one lesson that you've learned from John if you could teach it to the masses,
3: yeah, you would be intentional 100%. John's the most intentional leader I've ever followed, um, or been around. Everything he does is intentional. His, I mean, when he's with you, he's with you. He doesn't look at his phone, he's not looking at other things, he never looks at his watch. Like, he is in a very intentional leader. Um, and I would also say, with that, exactly, Heath, what you just said is like the proximity to people, I mean, I find it's so unfortunate that people are so scared to spend money on stuff like that. And I mean, Adam and I were just going through some of our expenses from last year, and we spent $115,900 on personal growth and mentorship and coaching and education that we went to in 2023. Now we haven't always been able to spend that.
2: Right. And maybe that's my question. So like, this podcast, there's an audience that are wanting to be entrepreneurs. Yeah. There's entrepreneurs who are on the come up. Some of that have made it. Some yep. businesses. If you had to go back and you said, okay, I'm going to spend X amount of money, like where would you start? Somebody said, yeah. hey, I don't How would you goal yourself with that too?
3: I would definitely start just one with coaching. Like everyone needs to invest in a coach and a mentor first. Multiple mentors. Mentors can be people that you know and people that you don't know. I mean, yeah. John Maxwell was a mentor to me before I met him for years. I've actually... Well, I take that back. I have met this person one time, but just in a quick book signing. But like Craig Rochelle, I would strongly consider him a mentor and I've never got to spend time with Same. him yet. So like mentors, I would say, if you aren't at a financial point yet, you can still have mentors, you just have to be intentional, as John would say about it. Um, But I would say spend money on coaching first, and then it's just about having a growth plan. So like, look at the events that are, you know, that are an option for you for the year. And if you can't afford to get to one every month or every quarter, pick one for the year and say, that's what I'm going to invest money in. But you have to get into those rooms, like, I can't even think about there are so many examples of us just being in the room and who I've met in those situations that have then led to like huge relationships. I mean, it's been a game changer.
0: And I think oftentimes, too, we talk about it. You kind of get in a comfortability spot when you're an entrepreneur yeah. and you think you reached success. Yeah. Um, and in reality, that can kind of hold you back. Yep. Do you feel that You should always be paying, or be paying for education, or paying for proximity.
3: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't consider it an expense. I consider it an investment um, because the it's It's hard. It's such a mindset shift too. It's such a mindset shift. Yeah, I mean, you have to really, especially right now, because in our. In the real estate market and in a lot of markets, people are making less money right now than they have been the last three years. And typically I just had this conversation today when when like people are making less money, they give up their office space. Um, which you should never do if you're more productive in an office because you are, you miss out on the community, you miss out on the culture, you miss out on like being in the mm-hmm. conversations. They give up their coaching, which is again one of the last things that you should do. And then typically they scale back their marketing, which is also horrible because when everybody else is scaling back, you should ramp up so that Absolutely. you're standing out in front of everybody else. But I think a lot of people, like scale that stuff back. And I think it's a huge mistake because you see the people that continue to have success and like the next domino falls and the next domino falls, they are learning no matter what, like they're figuring out a way. Like we have an an event coming up in Nashville that di- is Diana Kikowska's event. I really wanted several of my people to go and us to be able to take more people. The tickets are not, they're very cost effective for yeah. what you're going to get there. Yeah. Um, however, yeah. I didn't see the option. So like I reached out to her and said, Hey, if we buy 20 tickets or 10 tickets, like a table of t- or a table of 10 or a table of whatever, yeah. like, can we, can we, can you work with us? Like there's always a way. And I think that's a huge thing that most entrepreneurs would say to me, no means not yet. And I just am going to figure it out. Like I'm going to find a way <laughs> no matter what the situation is, if it's something that's really important to me. And I think that's like, especially when investing in yourself, you just have to look at it as an investment. Yeah.
0: So when you're investing in yourself, do you always give yourself a goal, especially as sometimes some of these courses or proximity or whatever it might be, you're paying a lot more to get a return on that investment? Or is it sometimes just fulfilling you on the inside to make sure that you can fuel yourself to continue moving forward?
3: I think it's both. I mean, I think it depends on the event, but You know, we went to hear, um, well, I went with Linda McKissick and Diana to um, hear Dr. Henry Cloud in the Highlands, North Carolina last year. And he wrote a book on, he's written several great books, but a book called Boundaries that a lot of people know, um, Necessary Endings, which was a book that I read when I was getting a divorce. There were so many, and then his new book, Trust. And I have like sometimes issue with boundaries and being able to say no, (laughs) which is no surprise to y'all. Um, and it was, so I like personally really needed to go and it was expensive to be in the room with him. And we were there for, I don't know, maybe six hours to which I got food poisoning the night before. So oh I was like, Linda, always something. it's always something. Yeah. So, I mean, I was sick as a dog, but I was like, I paid to be here. So I'm just going to get up and throw my hair in a ponytail and go. Um, but for me at that point, in my life i was really struggling with just certain boundary situations at that point you know fit some things with my dad and just different things and so i needed it personally but the the positive that came from that is anytime and I found this anytime you learn something personally, you can always bring that back to your business. Like mm. there's a lesson in everything. Absolutely. So even if you're going for something business, it probably will hit you personally in some way, shape, or form. But if you're going to something personally, like you can bring that back and put it into your business too. So I think it kind of depends on where you're at, like in the season of your life, you know?
2: For sure. Looking at your journey, like for most people if they don't know you or they yeah. are outside the KW world. You got started in real estate. Yes. In your entrepreneur journey. Yep. What direction did you have or did you have a direction really before Keller Williams? And really, yeah. because I feel like in knowing you that Keller Williams kind of opened you up to the leadership opportunities. It and, 100% it. And more about that. So talk to me about, like I've always felt like you've always known where you're going. Mm-hmm. It may not be the exact destination but you're going somewhere yeah and more so probably than anybody that I know so talk to me a little about that like did you learn that or or has it always just been in, in you
3: yeah I don't mean you guys are like coming with the tough questions Um, I think well okay a couple of things on this and I don't know like if we don't want to talk about this we don't have to talk about this but like a lot of it for me is spiritual Yeah, and, and so I mean all of it is really. And so I think I think some people especially if you're in like a um corporate environment or even not a corporate environment but definitely a corporate environment. I think some people majority of people now especially because social media get so hung up in like vying for someone's attention or getting to the top or trying to figure out where they're going or you know they 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 want to get to be this like this certain person. And for me, personally, I love everything that I do, but it does not define me. And so, like, my worth is in my faith. And so, like, I know that God's plan for me is so much bigger than what I can even that imagine or think of and don't even know yet like constantly like I love John Maxwell said his dad passed away at 95 and at 92 he said my best years are still ahead of me
2: yeah we literally said that on the podcast I think oh, last
3: you time. Did? Okay.
0: yeah it's like one of my favorite it. Yeah. it was like very life-changing to hear that
3: it is yeah and f- and I think for me for several years I struggled with this because I thought okay as a person of faith like what you know, is, am I doing enough? Like, what is my calling? Because I'm not, you know, volunteering down in Haiti or like, I don't live in some hut somewhere. Like, and sometimes you do feel convicted on yeah. those things because you're like, well, wait a minute. Are those only the, pe- are those the only people that are like bringing, you know, glory and honor to God or like moving the kingdom, you know, or whatever. And it's, I I learned such a great lesson. Um, and the lesson was that like, if you're a person of faith, your calling is to bring honor and glory to God, your assignment can change many, many, many many times. times. And so for me, like, I just focus on the assignment that I'm in because I believe that wherever you are, like, you were born for that in that moment in time, and your assignment can change. Mine has. I mean, from spray tanning naked people to school to being addicted to Xanax to bouncing back from that. I mean, there are so, to to being a CEO, I mean, there's so many things. And so I think... Like no matter what your assignment is, I just have always known that it doesn't—it's not my worth. It doesn't define me. And so, like the end game for me is just bloom where I'm planted, make a difference where I'm at. Like I work every day as if I'm working for the Lord, not for me. And I really like I say that 24/7, because to be honest, like it's hard to be an entrepreneur. It's hard to be a business owner. I mean, I'm having to fly all the way, you know, halfway across the country next month for one day because I'm being subpoenaed for a lawsuit that I'm not even involved in. But it, I mean, there are days that you're like, why am I doing this? And I think you just have to really think about, OK, this is the assignment that you're in. And if I'm not, you know, building houses in a third world country, that's OK, because I feel like I'm called to bring the sacred to the secular because I am I function great in the business world. And that's just a ta- that's it's a blessing that I've been blessed with. Then I think you can make a huge difference in this in the secular world of business. For sure, especially at you know where we're at just now with our world, it's crazy.
2: Well, obviously, like John and I feel like we talk about him all the time says leadership is influence. Yeah. What do you think your biggest influence is?
3: That I have. Yeah. Um, I just, I think I am a great connector of people. I mean, you are. Uh, thank you. I think. I connect with people. I mean, I can connect with a billionaire and go hang out with a homeless person the same day, and I'm the, I'm the same person. Um,
2: but what? It, but what is it? I think there's so many entrepreneurs that don't feel good enough, and I know that you've even said it before. Comparison
3: mm-hmm. is the thief of all joy, right? Yeah,
2: and people in that situation, entrepreneurs in particular, when they're comparing themselves, what? confidence or where do you pull that confidence from to be able to sit beside a billionaire? Mm-hmm. Because I think so many people miss opportunities because they don't feel like they belong in the room.
3: Yeah. Um because obviously story.
2: you you didn't you started out at the tanning bed and now yeah. you sit beside Gary Keller. Right. So like that is a huge yeah. difference, clearly.
3: Yeah. Um I think I love the story of Jamie Kern Lima, how Oprah gave her her cell phone number Mm -hmm. and for what like three years she never called her because she didn't feel worthy enough to call her or whatever that story story. I love that story um I think well
2: and she didn't want to bother she didn't want
3: to bother her yeah Yeah. for sure I don't I think a couple things one I don't want anybody to hear this and think that I don't compare myself because I definitely fall (laughs) into that sometimes I think if you don't you're like not human I mean that's you can't help it. It's, I yeah. always say like you get, you remodel your kitchen and you're so excited about it. And then your next door neighbor, you know, has beveled marble countertop and you're like, great, I'm ripping out my whole countertop now. I mean, you know, you just, it's like a natural instinct, I think. But I, I also believe, I just always think in my mind, like I'm here to just learn and listen and grow and serve. And if there's some way that I can be in the room with a billionaire and you know soak up everything that I can and be intentional to be appreciative towards them and then maybe in some way, shape or form, bring them value or you know that I may say, you just never know. I just yeah. feel like you just never know. And so I think, I, ju- I just think it's authenticity. I mean, you're just have the confidence to just be you.
2: And I think you've said it before, and it's been a long time ago, but comparison makes you feel superior or inferior. Yep. And neither one serves God.
3: That's exactly right. Yeah. And so, like, well, Craig Groeschel said that, and I stole it from him. Okay. you yeah. <laughs> stole it from me, but that's okay. That's what friends do.
2: <laughs> <mean>. Exactly. <laughs> but I've, I've always felt it's that. So true. Felt though.
3: that for sure. Yeah. You just can't have any ego in it either. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be better than you or less than you. I just want to get to know you. You know, like, I just want to. Be friends, and, and
2: have you out. seen like a long like and I hate because it's not like a ladder, you've not climbed a ladder, like yeah. they call it this ladder, i I don't feel like it's a ladder, yeah, like along the way, like how have I'm sure there have been egos, and yeah, you, I know there have been egos, yeah, like how have you not let like the egos stop you, or like you've used obviously, you're the queen of mindset, so yeah. Like, what have you learned to? Be able do you to have do a best that? practice?
3: Yeah. Like yeah. when
0: you're around egotistical people or people that are trying to bring you into their world. Yeah. Like, do you have a practice that you use?
3: I ju- um, it's a great question, and there's a lot of them out there. Um, you know, for me, I think I just I don't deal really well with that, like with the ego mentality, because I just don't. I don't know. I just that's not me, and I just think it. I just think it turns people off. You know, sure. so much. Um, but when I am like dealing with someone like that, I just try to bring value, like, st- you know, st- well, and you guys said this earlier on your pod- on one of your podcast episodes and I loved it so much. You said like, um, hate always comes from below mm-hmm. or I can't remember. It was yep. like, you know, and so I always think about and I that. I
2: think we stole that from our friend, Alex Hermosi, <laughs> oh. you know or friend You
3: know, that's, all, that's all this stuff is like everybody just jacks everybody's stuff and yeah and recycles it do so which i love it but but i love that and honestly like that day i needed to hear that and it's but to me like when you're dealing with people with egos if i don't if you aren't somebody who has a life that i want to have then like i'm not i don't really care what you have to say i'm not listening to you like i i keep my inner circle tight as you all know because you do the same thing um, I'm friends with lots of people and have lots acquaintances. of acquaintances. exactly. Yeah. yeah. But if I'm gonna take advice from you, it's because in some way you have a you have a life that I want to have. And it's, and it might be, you know, we heard this story about Tiger Woods, right? Like most people wouldn't look at Tiger Woods and say, I want to have a marriage just like Tiger Woods had, or I want to be the husband that Tiger Woods was, but they do look at him and say, wow, I would love to be the golfer that Tiger Woods is. Right. And so you don't have to like model
2: everything. No, you don't
3: have to love everything. And like, I don't have to look at Linda and say, Linda McKissick and say, I want to be just like her in every aspect of her life but I would like to be like when, like her when it comes to how she's down to earth and how she has built her wealth and how she connects with people. I mean, there's so, you know, I think you have to take from certain people and also just because somebody has an ego, I guess, doesn't necessarily mean, so this is a long way to answer the question, but there still might be something that I could learn from them, even if yeah. I don't like mesh with, you know,
2: their personality or, or who they are. Well, I think that's that's interesting because I think we set expectations on like who we're supposed to learn from Yeah. because if we ignore the person who we may not even be thinking we're going to learn from, yeah. we could learn the most from that person. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. But like through all of this, if people are looking at you and they're like, Oh my gosh, she's accomplished so much. She's on all these platforms. She's on all these podcasts. Yeah. How have you been able to stay humble and authentic? Because I think out of everybody that I know, I know you're my best friend, but still yeah. you're an authentic leader. And that's to me intentional. It's not just something you wake up and you're like, "Hey, I'm going to be humble today." Yeah. And I think it's important for entrepreneurs entrepreneurs to know that. Yeah. Like it's is it a skill?
3: I think the well, it's I think it's two different parts: the humble part, and you said it, and the authentic, authentic, authenticity, <laughs> authentic. You know what I mean? We'll,
2: we'll get it right. We'll get it right. Day.
3: Okay. The. Authentic. I think both of them at some point, like there's a nature about you that you have them. And I also think you have to continue to work on them and be intentional with both of those things with the as, as a leader with the authenticity side. Like I share with my people when I make a mistake or when I'm struggling or when I screw up or, you know, if I think we're having challenges. I mean, we had a leadership retreat today for five hours and half of it was like me apologizing because I haven't been able to physically be there in person and it has hurt us in some certain ways because I didn't replace myself fast enough so you have to be willing authenticity is being willing to share when you screw up and what your failures are so that other people can learn from them because then they're like okay well she's real you know Mm -hmm. and then even when I was leaving the office today um, two of the girls said, We just wanna have like we just wanna be just like you. We just wanna be able to do everything that you do. And I was like, Well, you say that, but you don't see the days that I crash and for two days like I do nothing because I like I'm done, yeah. I'm spent. So I think you just have to be real with people because I remember um another thing, I can't remember who said this, but people would rather follow a leader that's real than a leader that's right. That's Craig yeah, that's yeah. Craig. That's the end of his podcast. And that's so true. Like, I could care less if you're right all the time. I just want to know that you're real. And I think the second piece of that is they just have to trust you. And trust is very intentionally earned. Well, and what is it if
2: if you want to impress people, talk about your successes. If you want to impact people, talk about your failures. Yeah. So I think that's being as transparent as possible as a leader is going to make the biggest impact. Yeah.
3: And I think the humble piece, just like to hit on that really fast, there are way more people that have way more and do way more than me. So I like that keeps me humble, because I am not anywhere close to some people that I know. And I'm also not anywhere close to where I know that Adam and I will be. So I just don't, you know, I mean, I don't know, I just, that keeps me humble, because and the other thing that keeps me humble, truly, Like, I feel like I have been so blessed in my life to this point, to this day. Like, if God did said just for whatever reason, Dana, no more blessings for today or after today, I'm good. Like, I have been so blessed, blessed, honestly. Like, it makes me, like, emotional to think about it because I just— I have been so blessed already. And so I'm like, okay, God, like, cool, no more, I'm good, you know? And, no I, more good and
2: I know that's not true because he <laughs> wants to bless us, absolutely, you know,
3: more than we can ever imagine. And he will. Yet I just think that keeps me humble because I'm already so grateful for what I have that I just want to stay in that mindset
0: always. So, so the typically the biggest battle in your life is the conversations that you have with yourself yeah. internally. So do you have anything yeah. that you do, to overcome those conversations. It's not these outside noises and most of the time entrepreneurs think these are the things that are bringing me down, but typically yeah. it's the internal. Yeah. So what do you do to kind of say, hey, internal voice that's trying to be negative right now?
3: Lots of things. And you're so true. Like I'm to the point now where it's very few and far between that Somebody else will get me off my game because I have blinders on. I'm looking straight ahead. I know what I'm going to accomplish. Like that's, I know what Adam and I's goals are. I know where we're going. So I'm not looking like over my shoulder at other people. Definitely what, when I fault for the most part, it's me, it's me. It is exactly what you said. It's my thinking. It's my mindset. Um, John Maxwell taught us a long time ago to have, I cannot remember what he calls them. Um, It'll come to me in a minute, but it's like resources basically. So if I get in that space, like I have certain things that I do. Number one, I have a playlist on my phone and I ha- I know like I have like a pumped up playlist that like for me is either like straight gangster rap or it's a hundred percent like Jesus praising music. But that gets me like in a good space. I have a whole notes section on my phone of quotes. So like I'll go and look through the quotes. Um, I have about five people, you all know that you're two of those people that I'll text call just I need to bounce, like I need to get it out, I need yeah. to have some sort of like release and talk to about it. And there's very few people that I trust with that. But that helps me a lot. Like, I, I mean, I can't think of how many times we've all sat down at dinner, like I can remember a very specific event in my life in a career change. And we were at dinner at Easton tap and table, I got a phone call. I was so stressed out over like what I was doing at the time and and, like we all sat there and talked about it and then the next day I made the decision to do something or the next week I made the decision to do something different and so I think it's like it's those little resources you know that you have or and honestly if I get real bad in a rut Heath like And I can't seem to snap out of it. That's when I've got to get to an event. Like I've got to get in another room because you. That gives
2: us most energy. Yes,
3: you can borrow other people's momentum. That's a huge lesson in life. Like if you're, if you tweet that, tweet that. Yes, if your momentum is down, you can getting in proximity of other people. You can borrow their momentum for a minute until you get yours back, and that's. I mean, that is a game changer and that's something I've had to do a lot.
2: You said like a million things and obviously the last time that I was with you guys, we were with you guys, John talked about the circle of five. Yeah. And I just think about those, some people listening that are just starting out. One of the reasons we started this podcast is to get people support. Yeah. If they're just starting out and it can be lonely. Entrepreneurship can yeah. be so lonely. So for somebody who says, you know what, I don't have a circle of five.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, we, we all talked about one person in our circle five is God. Yeah. And being a spiritual leader and yep. someone who is spiritual. But besides God, like how do people go out and find those people? And yeah. like who who do they need to be well, in your opinion?
3: First of all, if you're a person of faith, you should pray for God to send you those people. If you look at my calendar, and I don't do this every single day, but every single day, the very first thing at the top of my calendar is pray for the best people to come into my life. Mm. Every single morning, that's like what I have in my phone because I know what it's like to have not great people in your life or not, not talent um, or people that don't support you. And like, I'm at a point in my life now that I'm 40, Um, that that doesn't work for me anymore. I don't know how that feels. (laughs) You (laughs) will this year. (laughs) Heath, not so much. (laughs) Um, But I'm at a point that like, I only need to be surrounded by those people. And then two, you know, just start like, I love John's question too of like, who do you know that I should know? Ask other people. People ask me all the time. Like, Hey, I'm really trying to grow my such and such business. Like, who do you know that I should know? And I think you just have to ask, but I will say when you are looking for somebody like that, just remember, like you need to get great at asking great questions because one of the worst things to do as a mentor or, or as somebody who gets asked that stuff is like you tell people, you you share your advice and you share all this wisdom with people and then they do nothing with it. And it's like, you feel like your time was wasted. So like anytime I have the opportunity to be around somebody like that, I always am intentionally writing them a thank you note, making sure that they know that I learned from them. Like what were the takeaways that I had just because I want them to know that they're I valued their time and I'm going to take it and do something with it. For sure. Yeah, like
2: you've talked about this before with real estate, and I think entrepreneurship is very, very similar. It's Spot on is that. Yeah, you can have the highest of highs yeah. and the lowest of lows.
3: Yeah, in the same day.
2: <laughs> starting out this journey, like you can look back and be like, "Oh my gosh, I started here 15 years ago," and you look at it today. Yeah, there have been a lot of peaks and a lot of valleys. Yeah, for you, I'm sure. Oh, which yeah. I know because obviously we're friends. Yeah, what would you say, like, that you've learned from the valleys? Because there's a lot of people that are stuck in the valley. The business failed. The marriage failed. Yeah. Something has failed that as an entrepreneur, yeah. they just can't get out of. And, yeah. the, you know, you're either what? Drifting or you're driven. Yeah. Some pe- sometimes they're stuck in that valley. Yeah. What would you say as the mindset queen? Yeah. Would get them out of those valleys. I
3: let you a new Instagram handle. Um, I would say this too shall pass like Mm -hmm. you have to get out of the weeds and stay in this stay at that thirty thousand foot view as much as you can because when you're in it it just feels like you are so in it um and actually tyler and i just filmed a reel yesterday and it was um the three things i'm going to share this hasn't come out yet so y'all's listeners will get a little sneak peek of it um but it it's the three ways that you can like mentally prepare for really hard things and hard times and the first one is like i will keep going like you just tell yourself i will keep going And I was talking to Tyler about this because it's like when you have those moments in your life, it feels like that you aren't going to be able to keep going. Or like even in your old stories and like, Josh, when you were sharing in the first episode about how, you know, when things switched with your first partnership and it's like, you know, and I didn't even actually know the story about your car payment. So I'm like in the car, literally sobbing, listening to the episode. And I'm like, I cannot believe I did not even know any of that. But it's just like there's so many things that happen when you are an entrepreneur, when you're a business owner, even, you know, if you're not, if you have a corporate job, like there's still so many highs and lows, Yeah. but I love just like when you prepare for those things or when you're in those things, like this too shall pass and you just have to keep going. And I mean, you know, last year when my dad really unexpectedly passed away, I mean, I can just remember thinking like, I'm not, I can't do, like, I'm done. Like, I don't want to do any of this. Like, I just mentally, if it wouldn't have been for Adam, honestly, like, there is no way. I mean, there were just so many days you just are like, but I just remember, like, I kept saying, I'm just going to keep going. Like I will just keep going today. And I think you just have to have that mentality because things can just really pull you down, you know? And that was the first thing that's ever happened to me in my life, literally in 40 years that I couldn't like bounce back from the next day, you know, or like within a few days, like obviously horrible things happen, but you just kind of move on and you bounce back from them and you're on to doing the rest. And I didn't know what that feeling was like of like, Oh, crap, I can't shake this. You know, It's like just the worst feeling. So I think if you're in one of those seasons. like seasons, yeah, you just have to, like keep going, keep um, being willing to adjust, like do different things than what you have done before, know that it'll pass,
2: and I think it's like as entrepreneurs, we we show up as such strong people oh, to everybody yeah. that you have to learn to be okay with not being okay, Yeah. That's a big part of it, that we don't have to be okay 100% of the time to be the best version of ourselves. Yeah,
3: that was very difficult for me. And honestly, like, I was so not mentally present the last six months of last year that it showed me in my businesses, like, the gaps, (laughs) like, where Mm -hmm. things are great and, like, kept rolling and didn't miss a beat and where things really struggled because I wasn't there. I mean, it it, yeah, I mean, it really – I mean, I'm still, like – Crawling out of that in some 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 instances and in some of the businesses, but it's just crazy because it sh- it shows you like where your gaps are.
0: So I think uh, this is going to be the first of many episodes with you. Yeah. So before we end at the end of our podcast, we always like to ask some rapid fire questions. Okay. So okay. and these are all things for entrepreneurs or leaders that might help them in their future. So. The one word that describes your entrepreneurial journey so far is you've already described that one. So if I could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be?
3: Yeah, be very careful who you surround yourself with, like who you are around. I mean, if you're trying to lose weight and you're around five fat people all the time who eat donuts, like you're eating donuts and you're fat. If you are around people who can't pay their bills and you know they're complaining about money all the time and don't have any money, then you're probably doing the same. Like who you are around is... So important to your success.
0: Um, the skill that's been most crucial to your success.
3: Ooh, um, I would say having really high emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I'm not like I, I love um, again what I think we've quoted John Maxwell needs to start giving us royalties. <laughs> I love what John says: uh, high energy, low IQ. That's me. Like I, I think I can emotionally have energy with people
0: one book every entrepreneur should read because
3: just one
0: just one
3: chase the lion by mark batterson Um, and why because it will hit professional personal spiritual and wealth all in one book and he talks about intentionality with your time your talent and your treasures which is biblical and that hits every aspect and like i mean i think i highlighted every word in the whole entire book
0: I think I know the answer to this one, but I'm curious if my my thoughts going to be correct. What's one app or tool that you can't live without, and it's not Instagram?
3: <laughs> oh, uh, one app or tool, probably Canva. Oh, okay,
2: oh, yeah, we can't live without. Canva.
3: I cannot live without. What's with your second Canva. one? Second app or tool that I can't live without?
2: We know. Adams Can I look is the at my room? phone?
3: We know Adam's is Chat GPT. <laughs> um. Shook. I don't know. What did you th- hey, so think? That's gonna
2: be your missing. Bible
3: app. Oh duh! Oh, oh my gosh. I didn't think about that.
2: Sorry, Craig.
0: Have you, have you like <laughs> ruined your streak? No,
3: honey. I'm on um, Oh my gosh, why did I not think about that? Oh, I'm a horrible per- <laughs> No, I'm on day nine thirty-seven and my streak. Yes. That's that would have been my first one. I was okay. thinking business, I think. Yeah, I that. mean if, yeah.
0: Oh sorry. I threw you for a loop there. So I'll give you a break. Um the best le- lesson that you've learned from a business failure is
3: Um, not saying yes to things like say that you, you don't need to say yes to everything. Yeah. I mean, I've said yes to opportunities that were huge distractions and cost me a lot of money and a lot of time.
0: Um, your morning routine always includes blank to set the tone for a productive day.
3: (laughs) There you go. My Bible (laughs) app. First thing I do when I open my eyeballs every single morning.
0: And the last question I have for you is the goal that you're currently working towards in business is blank.
3: Um, the goal that I'm currently working well, I'm always working towards growing my offices in Kentucky and in Columbus, Ohio, um, the real estate offices for sure. But the second goal that I'm working on right now is something that Adam and I are doing together and I'm really excited about that. Um, we're getting ready to be doing some stuff like for couples.
2: We'll give a sneak peek on the next.
3: Yeah, we'll give a sneak peek On our next
2: episode then. And I will end it out. What does Dana Roach want to be known
3: for? making an impact like generosity I want to be known as the most generous person that people know I want to I want them to think like there's nothing that she wouldn't give if somebody asked for sure yeah awesome love that thanks guys this is so fun
1: Thank you for tuning into this episode of Keeping It Entrepreneurial. And be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss a future episode. Don't forget to check out the show notes for those actionable items to stay engaged for future episodes and how to stay connected with Josh and Heath. And if you found value in today's episode, leave us a review and please share with others.